Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things in the scriptures that have made them become real to us because we believe that allows us to gain more power from them, and we need all the power we can get flowing from the scriptures and the Holy Ghost. I'm your host, Kerry Mulstein, and I'm so excited to have with me today my my dear friend and colleague, and in a way a mentor, uh, Jeff Chadwick. Jeff is uh, someone that uh, was a teacher when I was at the Jerusalem Center as a student, and then we've uh, taught there together twice, which is unusual. And, and I feel like um, I owe much of my understanding of uh, historical geography uh, to Jeff, who is, uh, I think, probably the best historical geographer we have in the church. If not, he's, he's very, very close. He's got to be tied if, if he's not just the best. Uh, he's done archaeology in Israel for like 30 years or something. Just I, I don't know. We've just learned so much from Jeff, and uh, he is in Jerusalem right now. Uh, if, if you're uh, looking, uh, if, if you're on the YouTube instead of on uh, like Apple Podcasts or something, you can see the city of Jerusalem over his shoulder. So anyway, welcome, Jeff, and thank you. Hey, welcome. Uh, uh, pardon me. Thank you, Carrie. It's good to be here with you uh, this morning in Jerusalem. It's um, uh, just going on 7.30 here uh, in Jerusalem time on a Sunday morning, and I've elected to uh, to do this video on my balcony here at the Jerusalem Center with the the old city and the Dome of the Rock in the background over there. I thought it would be a, a fun visual, although it may make me look a little dark because the sun isn't up and over the mountain yet. Uh, that looks great. Uh, here we are from Jerusalem, so uh, uh, welcome everyone, and it's it's nice to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, or whatever you'd like to tell us, Jeff? And I should say. Uh, I know his wonderful wife, uh, whom I adore, but my wife likes even more, and uh, his some of his children, uh, just a wonderful family. But anyway, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, as you say, my name's Jeff Chavik. I grew up in Ogden, Utah, and graduated from world-famous Ben Lowen High School. Went to Weber State, BYU, University of Utah, and the Hebrew University of Jerusalem here in Israel. Um, did other work around to get the degrees that you need. Uh, wound up teaching seminary for many years back in the uh, uh, 1980s, institute in the 90s. Uh, during that time, I became involved with BYU in the Jerusalem program uh, as a teacher. This is my 40th year of being involved with the Jerusalem wow. Center, 40th year of being here in Israel. Uh, I'm here right now excavating and finishing up a project on biblical gaff. Uh, which where is, Goliath was from, right? Where Goliath lived and is is heavily involved in the Book of Judges and First Samuel. Yeah. And uh, uh, I I also moved in about 22 years ago with uh, BYU Religious Education. So I split time between Israel and and Utah and hold two capacities for for BYU, a, a great employer, uh, Jerusalem Center Professor of Archaeology and Near East Studies and uh, Religious Education professor of church history and, and Jewish studies. And so it's a real pleasure to, uh, to be involved with, with all of these things and, and to speak with you from Jerusalem this morning. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting up early and uh, just thanks. I've, I've learned so much over the years from you. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. And, we've had some good times, Carrie. Uh, we uh, have. In Jerusalem and uh, the adventures that we really shouldn't tell people about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, really just a lot of fun uh we on field trips together we really have fun with each other i think it helps the students have fun so well you know when you're teaching especially experiential teaching uh, the more fun you can have um uh, 
it, it makes the, the scriptures and the situation come alive. And there's no sense, you know, uh, there's no sense studying the scriptures if you're not having fun. That's right. Yeah. And that is the, the, the beauty of it is we want the scriptures to come alive. And that's part of what we're trying to do in this podcast as well. So uh, we're doing the book of Judges this uh, week. Uh, we're kind of, we've hit this uh, mode. We've stopped covering like just a few chapters a week. And now we're covering like a book every week. Um, yeah. And so it's Judges this this week. So we can talk about anything in Judges, whether it's in the reading assignment or not. Uh, I'd just love to hear what are some uh, elements that uh, have made the book of Judges come to life for you, Jeff? Well, you know, the book of Judges is really the... Uh, the first lengthy episode in our Old Testament of the, the nation of Israel living in its promised land. Yeah. Uh, in Joshua, you have the, the, uh, the entry of Israel into the, into the country and, and certain conquests are taking place at certain locations. Um, the Israelites don't conquer everything that they were told they could have by the Lord. So uh, there are passages talking about the land that remained unconquered where Canaanites continued to live and to uh, affect the new Israelite society. And then uh, sometime uh, at the very beginning of the 12th century BC, uh, the Philistines invade the coastal plain of mm -hmm. Canaan and settle in the southern coastal plain. Uh, they develop their five cities of the Philistines, Gath and Ekron and Ashkelon and Ashdod and Gaza. And they become, uh, by the time we get to the end of the book of Judges, the new big foe for the Israelites to contend with, rather than the Canaanites that had been such a challenge in the book of Judges, uh, that is to say Joshua and the early part of Judges. So uh, Judges represents uh, the first couple of centuries of the Israelite nation living without a monarchy in the country and how they develop their society and also how the challenges that they faced in the country, uh, uh, both spiritual and in terms of, of a physical foe, um, migrate from basically facing off against Canaanites, who through the book of Judges will become less and less an influence, and finally against the Philistines, who become a bigger and bigger threat by the end of the book of Judges and as you move into the book of 1 Samuel. Yeah, and I think that's an important point that a lot of people miss, that that this group comes in and there's a long, fun historical story behind it that we don't have to get into here, but, uh, but they, they arrive on the scene as it were. And that's, that's part of why you, you may or may not have noticed in the past, but uh, I'd invite you to notice it as you go through judges. Now that the first part of the book of judges is all battles against the Canaanites. And the second part is all Philistines. And, and as you said, first and second Samuel, that's the, once the Philistines arrive on the scene, they are the major foe. If we have to, if we have to date this, and you know, dating is a big deal uh, in archaeology and geography and in biblical studies, the century from about 1200 to 1100 BC is mostly representative of the first two thirds of the Book of Judges, where the Canaanites mm -hmm. are the ones that the Israelites are facing off against, and where Canaanite influence. Um, it works its way into Israelite society in negative ways that the Israelites find themselves in bondage for from time to time. But the last third, as you say, of the book of Judges, uh, which dates maybe from 1100 BC down to oh, 1020 or so, um, that's, that's the Philistine influence. 
yeah. a new foe and, and a new group that can um, put Israel into bondage when they are not obeying the uh, covenants of the Lord. And this is the background, as we say, uh, of the Samson story. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're in some ways uniquely positioned to, to talk about that uh, Philistine influence because uh, you've spent uh, probably over 35 years excavating in, in two of the larger Philistine cities. Isn't it around that long or? Yeah. You know, in the 1990s, I was excavating at Ekron, which is a, a, was a huge Philistine uh, site at the end of the Sorek Valley. And since 2001, literally, that's now over 20 years, I've been excavating the giant Philistine city of Gath, which is yeah. at the end of the Elah Valley, uh, the home of ancient Goliath. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I like to think of myself as involved in Israeli archaeology, but I've, I've been basically a Philistine for, for decades. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we won't call you an uncircumcised Philistine, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So, so uh, great. What what uh, what insights do you have for us then? Well, um, the book of Judges is remarkable. In in the way that I like to think of it, it represents uh, part two of of a two part work. Uh, uh, the book of Joshua, basically uh, speaking of Israel's successful entry into the land. We sometimes use the word conquest. Uh, because there was a, a good deal of military battling to win some of the sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joshua tells the one story about the, uh, about the successes of Israel, but judges to a certain point uh, deals with a lot of the failures yeah. of Israel. It's part two of the settlement of the promised land. Uh, speaking not only of the Canaanites, which the Israelites did not dispatch, uh, but also the influence of those societies that had been outside of the covenant and outside of the Lord's operations, and how when, when Israel gave in to the social cultures and to the forbidden things of, of that society, they suffered for it. Mm. And, and this, to me, is a, a great statement about where we're at today yeah in the world yeah. in the church if we are into keeping the covenants and the commandments and living our lives in in a spiritual and social harmony with the gospel then we prosper in these times but when we compromise against the concepts of the gospel the concepts of the the declaration on the family uh and and the important things that are part of society's uh confused discussion today we suffer for it yeah yeah i can't help but think as president nelson talks about um if we get most of our information from online or social media or something that we're going to be deceived and we're, we're going to be disheartened and and so on and uh, i see that really as a comparison to what happened with the israelites when they allowed the the culture and the world around them to influence them uh, and it took them away from God, and I, I, they they were deceived, and they did suffer some bad consequences as a result. And I think that's exactly what President Nelson is warning us about: that we need to be getting our information and our values from God, not from the cultures around us, the Canaanites, as it were, of our of our world. So I think that's really well said. Well, this is is really true. Um, 
before I before I left Utah last month, I I, I teach gospel doctrine Sunday school in my ward, so it's it's kind of fun to to try to put these things all into perspective. Um, in the book of Judges, we we see a whole bunch of episodes, and we see then these kind of consensus leaders. They're not elected. They're not selected, but but the Israelites simply recognize them as a leadership personality for a given yeah. time and situation, yeah. uh, like the judge, you know, uh, um, Barak, the judge Samson with all his flaws, uh, the yeah. judge Gideon and others. Yeah. Or even and, Deborah. Deborah is, is, is amazing. Um, uh, and we see that they come and provide this leadership, sometimes not perfect leadership, but but delivering leadership. Samson is certainly not a perfect character, <laughs> no. uh, neither was Jephthah and some of the other judges, but but they were put there by the Lord for a reason. And uh, even their personal flaws aside, they were able to uh, to lead and rescue Israel out of difficult situations. I uh, I, I can think of, of recent politics in, in nations of the world, including the United States, where where leaders have certainly been flawed, but they seem to have been a person for the hour. Mm. Uh, and I, I see Samson and others in, in those types of roles. But one of the things that I suggested in a lesson that I gave recently is that um, in books like Judges, the challenges uh, which we read in a page or two would last for a generation in their days. Yeah. These yeah. weren't things that resolved themselves in a week or two or even in a year. Sometimes it was a biblical 40 years that the Philistines um, uh, conquered and subdued Israel or that the Canaanites plagued Israel. And it would, it would take a whole generation having to, to suffer and learn its lesson to get beyond uh, their own shortcomings and wickedness and, and, and find some salvation. This, this cycle of apostasy that we, we often talk about that you see in the Book of Mormon, uh, you know, righteousness, but then pride and then falling uh, into captivity and then battling your way out of it with, with a new leader uh, is also present in, in the Book of, of Judges. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like reading the book of Ether, where you see them just go through it in fast forward motion, as it were. They just go through it again and again and again, because it's so much time condensed into such a little space. You see, and you could almost call it an idolatry cycle in the book of Judges, but it, it feels like the book of Ether to me, where you're just like, oh, here we go again. Oh, here we go again. Oh, there they go again. Yeah, the, the, the Samson story alone, which I've been focusing on very much because I've, I've just finished writing an article about it. Uh is 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 decades in terms of how long yeah. uh, his influence over Israel was, and yet we read it in three chapters of five minutes, and boom, we move on to the next thing. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so anyway, um, as I've been teaching about this concept of the covenant, and that problems in the Book of Judges can can last for generations, even though we read through them very quickly, I've, I've thought of the application to us and. The problem that we find ourselves in uh, in in the Western United States right now, with this huge drought that is 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 such a threat to us, and you know the the application that I see is is biblical. 
the Israelites were told, going back to Deuteronomy 11, that uh, rain is a gift from God and is in response to the keeping of the commandments and the covenants. And then when the Israelites would keep the covenants, the, the Lord would send the rain of heaven onto the hills and valleys of the land of Israel. Well, our promised land uh, needs that rain too. And I think that it's just as true with us that if we're not keeping the covenants, um, we can be denied that, that blessing by the Lord of, of having the water that we need in, in some of our dry locations, particularly where I live in Utah. Yeah. Uh, and as I look around today, I see Latter-day Saints, uh, sometimes big groups of them, making compromises about social issues that I don't feel comfortable with. And or about the Sabbath day, uh, I mean, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And um, these, are, these are the same things that I see in, in, the, in the Bible. Uh, not only the book of Judges, but, but even in the, the book of Kings, where yeah. the Lord shut off the reins for three years in Elijah's day because of the wickedness of Israel. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a valuable lesson that we can take that we, we as a society need to reevaluate where we want society to be and, and, and not make the, the compromises with the, the forces that, that are opposed to the covenant that, that sometimes we, we try to make because we want to be nice with people. Yeah. At some point, we've got to live the commandments and uh, understand who we are and the declaration on the family and, and not give in to all of the pressures of society on the other side of the line. Yeah, we'll have to be a peculiar people, uh, meaning we, we're more godly and less worldly and, and uh, do things the way God is asking us to do rather than the way that the world around us would have us do it. Yeah, so. Sometimes I see people, you know, marching in the streets of, 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 of our cities and, uh, and, and wanting to be so inclusive. That, and I remember the Apostle Paul saying that there are some times that people are so outside the covenant that from such we just have to turn away and live our covenants and, and, and be who we are. And, and when we do, we'll be blessed. So, so these are just the associations that occur to me as I look through the Old Testament as a whole. Yeah, yeah. well, there's certainly a lesson to be learned as we uh, try to, it's this uh, influence of the world as opposed to being influenced by God through his prophets and his scriptures that really ends up uh, being the key issue for ancient Israel and modern Israel. There are, there are more ways to be in bondage, and sometimes you cannot even know you're in bondage. Yeah. And uh, you, you, will need, you will need a judge or a, or a liberator to come and inform you. And uh, I, I certainly hope that we're paying attention to yeah. the uh, great judges that the Lord has sent us today. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we, I mean, the leadership we have right now is incredible if we will just follow them. Right. So um, in, in the book of Judges, you know, uh, as I say, I've been, I've been concentrating on Samson a lot. There are so many wonderful judges that you could concentrate on. Uh, Deborah is another one that absolutely fascinates me. Hmm. And uh, in, in both cases, 
these are judges that are are leading Israel against a physical foe and with Deborah and her general Baraka against the Canaanites and Samson uh, in his odd and 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 sometimes uh, contradictory ways uh, leads leads Israel against the Philistines and and both come off um, um, successful. But Deborah seems to have a, 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 a good life and, and Samson has as dysfunctional a life as, as anyone could have and still be <laughs> a significant leader. And to me, I also learn um, le lessons from that. Samson knows perfectly well what he should be doing in terms of personal righteousness. And yet he, he sloughs it off and... Uh, it is not Israel that God allows to suffer ultimately for Samson's personal foibles, but it is Samson himself and, yeah. and his end is unfortunate because of it. And this, this to me is a way that the book of Judges says you can be a member of the church, you can be a member of covenant Israel and be involved with it. But if you're not really righteous, if you're, if you're um, playing loose with the commandments, uh, you can suffer even when uh, in your own life and, and in, in the operations of the church, uh, blessings are flowing. Um, and so one of the things that I've tried to renew my commitment to is to, to not be a Samson. You know, people like you and I, Carrie, are, are, are a little bit visible in terms of teaching the gospel and the scriptures in the church, uh, mm -hmm. as a lot of other people are. Uh, but but anybody can can be a, a kind of a hidden Samson and be in a way rebelling against the things of the covenant. And so uh, I find myself constantly reevaluating where I'm at and am I really you know personally living the way that I should. And that's maybe something every Latter Day Saint ought to do: constantly be reevaluating you know our our. Are we falling into the, the, the faults of Samson? Uh, so well said. So well said. As, uh, as I think about Samson, uh, it, it, and I, if, I, if I just go through and look at each time that it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, right? So Samson has been given a magnificent gift. Uh, maybe the greatest gift of any of the judges in terms of just personal ability to do some delivering. But when it talks about the spirit of the Lord coming upon him and that the exercise of that gift, it really seems to each time be something about himself, uh, that he's upset that uh, he's lost this bet. Uh, he's upset that he's lost his wife. He's upset that uh, uh, he's been captured and he wants to, he says, avenge myself of mine eyes, right? And so on. And he keeps using that gift for himself. Um, more than using it for Israel. Now, Israel benefits quite often from what he does, but he doesn't, it seems to me, he's got more of a self-centered uh, view. And so that's also a lesson I take for myself is that uh, whatever gifts I have, I have to ask myself, am I using this just for building up the kingdom of God? Or am I using this uh, at least each time partially for myself? And if I am using it at least partially for myself, then I think I'm edging Samson-ish, uh, as it were. Yeah, one of the reasons, uh, Kerry, that, that, I, that I'm, I'm drawn to the Samson story, other than the fact that I 
research its its geography and archaeology here on the ground in Israel. Yeah, is that uh, Samson's uh, of all the judges the one that's that's most like like a real person uh, in yeah. that he really struggles with stuff. And, yeah. Uh, uh, in in one way, uh, in the Bible, he's kind of the the the, the Marvel Comics uh, hero character. Yeah, he's, no, he's like Thor or something. An ability, yeah. um, but he he has these uh, these difficulties that he struggles with that, that often provide him with challenges and, and ultimately a demise. Uh, uh, in a way, he's kind of like Iron Man. You know, he uh, he can he can do marvelous things, but he's this this flawed character that mm. if if he doesn't get things straight in the end, it's going to go bad for him. Mm. And that for all of us is probably a, a, a better model to struggle with than, than someone who is, is nearly flawless. You know, one of the judges, like say Gideon or Deborah, who, who have no character flaws, they, they truly are great heroes, kind of the, the captain Israel, uh, versus someone who's more real and who gives into temptation and suffers for it and needs to repent. Uh, uh, like Samson. Uh, I, I'd like to think I was a Gideon, uh, but my life is more like Samson's and, and, and I'm constantly taught by his story that, uh, that I need to, to make sure I'm, I'm repenting. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And it is a story that, uh, I mean, as we get into the well, in some ways, as we, yeah, you can find some real geographic things in the Exodus story, and the Joshua story certainly has some, some amazing realities and archaeology as we talk about Hotzor and different things. And I, and we did that with George Pierce a little bit. But uh, as you get into the Book of Judges, the the realities of just being able to pinpoint this is where this story happened, and this is where this one happened, and uh, and you can see the geography interacting with the stories. And, and the realities of the archaeology um, makes them become so real to me. But then, as you said, when we can tie that in with these characters, um, then suddenly, as you're saying, I can see, okay, I live in a, a real place like Samson did, and sometimes I go down this valley like Samson did, and I uh, am tempted to use my talents in this way like samson did or whatever else uh, and I, I it becomes very real and hopefully becomes a very real warning for all of us it is and that's one thing that that i i hope uh you know uh, everybody out there will understand is that the, the, the bible is real yeah. these people were real um you know abraham and isaac and jacob their wives uh, sarah um you know rebecca uh, leah rachel were real uh, and they're our ancestors. You know that one of my favorite sayings to students is that the the, the Old Testament is our family history. We're yes. of Israel. We really are the descendants of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and these are our grandparents, and we should study their lives. Uh, when you then move on through the Exodus story, when Israel becomes a nation rather yeah. than a family, and uh, finally into Joshua and Judges, you've moved that nation into a promised land, uh, which is not unlike the early story, say, of the United States of America, where you have uh, different episodes and, and growth and struggles. Uh, you have different experiments with government, say, the judges then migrating to the kings, uh, as opposed to, say, uh, or, or as compared to you know, the Articles of Confederation and then moving into the U.S. Constitution and, and kind of changing the way that we're led. 
there's a lot to be learned from all of this, but the one thing that I want everybody to know is that I'm absolutely convinced that the people of the Old Testament were real, that the um, stories that we read about them, though told in literary form that doesn't give you all the details, those stories are real. And uh, they were written down by the power of the spirit in order for us to be instructed by them. Samson was real, Deborah was real, all of these people were real and their stories are given to us just the way we have the Book of Mormon stories and the stories of the Savior and his apostles in the New Testament that we can learn from them. The Old Testament, as you like to say, is the first testament, the original testament. Mm. And uh, uh, upon it, all the rest of our scriptures are based so don't avoid the Old Testament. Uh, don't give in to the, you know, the voices that say, ah, set the Old Testament aside and, 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 and concentrate on some other scripture this year of 2022. It's the curriculum of the church. It's the one that we're supposed to learn from this year. And upon the Old Testament, everything else is based. New yeah. Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants. So let's enjoy this this year and this week let's enjoy the book of judges and learn from it whether it's from from deborah or gideon or or the the unfortunate iron man samson <laughs> very good and and even some of the stories that we don't read um uh I, i'll i'll probably do just a little short thing uh myself just to to touch lightly on a couple of the less fortunate stories or the i mean the the book of judges probably has the ugliest stories in uh, the Old Testament, I, it, oh I, and I think uh, it's a way of saying this is where uh, Israelite society in some ways reached its low points, and yet they don't hide that from us. Uh, they show it to us, and hopefully we learn lessons from it. So, No, they don't. In fact, those last, those last episodes in the book of Judges with its, its violent assault story uh, are, are the very things that we struggle with today in society. Yes. A day doesn't go by that on the news you don't hear about some violent assault, uh, uh, particularly uh, uh, affecting women. And yeah. uh, we need to know that, that our society struggles with the same things that all societies have always, and that this has always been uh, an abomination in the sight of the Lord. And uh, I think the Bible remembers and tells us these things that we might learn from them. Because one of the things about that assault at the end of the book of Judges that we know of is that the nation was punished for it. Yeah. And the people responsible were punished for it. And that is going to be the situation today. Yeah. As well. oh, very good. You know, it's an interesting thing because later today, uh, it's, it's Sunday here in Israel, and it's a work day for us because our, our, our Sabbath is on Saturday. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a, a group of uh, colleagues down to a place in the refined valley uh, outside, uh, just south, southwest of Jerusalem, uh, uh, to a place that is now our best candidate for the site of Ramat Lehi in the story of Samson, uh, where, he, um, where he fought a, a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey and and uh, prevailed over them and where then uh, being incredibly thirsty he cried out and the lord showed him a spring of water that he called in hakore uh and i'm very excited about this because this is a a newly identified site that we're getting ready to publish 
that that has every uh, uh, every indication that it will wind up being the real site of of biblical Lehi uh, in the book of Judges. And uh, literally, when I get done with you in this, I'm I'm getting in the car to go meet these people and uh, and take them down to uh, uh, the refined valley outside Jerusalem and and take photos at this site. So for me today, the book of Judges and particularly the story of Samson is as real as it gets because uh, I'm going to be there in another hour. That's fantastic. And yeah, that's the wonderful and thing. That's we, again, we've... Part of what I say is that these things are real. Yeah. These Old Testaments are real and they were preserved for us to learn from them. So let's not slough it off, folks. Let's make sure that we're reading, doing the Come Follow Me readings and come follow me doesn't tell you what to think or what to pull out of these. Come follow me requires of us to read the scripture passages ourselves and to draw out of them what the spirit leads us to do. And my advice is use some of the wonderful um, um, commentaries and, and learning sources that have been provided by, by faithful Latter-day Saints who are knowledgeable in the area to help you understand the Old Testament. I mean, you, Carrie, you've written some wonderful commentaries on the Old Testament. And these are just the types of things that Come Follow Me um, anticipates that Latter-day Saints would use these, these wonderful uh, deep resource uh, uh, helps to, to really draw out of the Old Testament everything that we can as we read it. Uh, so folks, uh, get those sources and study the Old Testament and, um, and really draw from judges this week what can help us in our own lives and our troubled society that's what a great way to to wrap this up i appreciate that and we don't want to keep you from going and getting your hands in the actual dirt where the actual stories happened uh, uh I, i'll just add i can remember a hundred times both as a student and then as a, as a colleague with you hearing you say to people that the, the scriptures are not only true but they're authentic um, meaning that uh, the, the stories they tell really happen and you can see it in the dirt and in the stones. Um, I'll also say that another saying that I've picked up from you um, that I use all the time is to let the stones talk to you. Uh, and, and, and they will. I mean, if you can start to visualize how those stones were put together as a building and what happened in that building, suddenly... Uh, the, the stones do tell you stories. You know, we often say if, if these walls could only talk, but in some ways they do. And so uh, I hope that uh, all of this makes the scriptures more real and that we draw more power from them as a result. So thank you so much, Jeff. Oh, it's been, it's been great to be with you. Uh, a, a happy Sabbath and Sunday to everyone uh, since it's Sunday here and uh, enjoy the Old Testament. Uh, thank you.